Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. I am without a topic for today. Should we just cancel the podcast and go home? No. We always have something to talk about, right? Why don't we just do like a chit-chat? Oh, good idea. Chit and chat. (laughs) Cue music. And welcome to another fine episode of Pandas Talking Games. I am your host who couldn't find a question that really got me going this week. So we didn't have a topic for the show, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda. I don't know. I just, I kind of go along with the topic part, right? Sure. It's not my job to pick topics. I collect, no, it's not your job to I pick collect topics. topics. I put them in the bucket. Yes, and no, then it's I, I let me. you know when there are new ones, and I say here's some new shiny ones. And just to be clear, we got some cool new ones. We that did are in the bucket, but they require a little bit more thought, like thoughtfulness, than yes. you know, ten minutes before we're recording. So, yeah, there were actually two. We got two really good topics, and I was like, no, no, we definitely want to do these. I just don't want to do them without some forethought yeah. behind them. Right. So. Right. So please cool. keep sending them because we're yeah. getting them uh, and we, you know, we definitely want to do them. This was just a case of timing. And I had a topic I thought we were going to do that was like an old one that I kind of pulled out of our, uh, our kind of like our, the bottom yeah. of our list. We kind of dusted it off a little bit. Yeah. And I, <laughs> and I don't dislike it, but it was, it's just the kind of thing that it was at this moment not doing anything for me. So yeah. So just just in case you you don't know or remember from some of our en- endings of our shows, um, our topics are basically selected based on whatever makes Phil excited that week. Um, so part of what we do is we have to keep a large enough collection of topics at any given time that one of them will jump out at him. And the funny thing is, there's still some topics in that bin that like, I don't know, next week they might call out to him, but this week they didn't. So Chit chat. So if you haven't heard your topic yet, basically don't don't panic. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I oh, it wish is getting was, a little thin on the ground I, there. I wish I could tell you there was a formula for this, but it really is just the kind of thing where when we have a collection of them, I review them, and there'll be one like I will. There'll be some where I will go past it like 20 times. And then on a particular day, just because of what has been going on in my gaming or things I've been reading, et cetera, then like all of a sudden I'll be like, today is the day. the day. <laughs> right? Like I'll just grab it and be like, today is the day that we're doing this topic. I don't know why, but it is like it has now reached like a place in my attention that I am excited and ready to like, I can like ideas start pouring forward. But also this is a creative endeavor and sometimes creative batteries run down. And when that happens, and this happens in GMing as well, and I feel we're going to just take a little, I'm just going to drag out the um, soapbox. It's not really a soapbox. Let's just have this side discussion. Look, there's the thing about creativity, right? Creativity is a skill. Right. There is a skill part of it to be creative. And yes, I could just grab a topic and power through it. 
it would be perfectly serviceable, right? There would be a good enough answer, a good enough discussion for the topic. We are pretty knowledgeable that if I wrote something down that I wasn't overly thrilled about, we we could pull it off, right? There's a whole... Um, there's this book I read years ago called um, The War of Art. That title is correct, by the way. It is a play on the words of The Art of War. And um, it talks about going professional, right? And that professionals don't wait for, and uh, you know, professionals don't wait for the planets to align. They just power through. We can do that. I can yeah. do that. Yeah. I don't like doing it. And I especially don't like doing it for the show. I like the show to be a thing that we feel passionate about uh, and energy feeds, you know, back and forth. So if I'm feeling particularly passionate about a topic and get into it, uh, it will carry through into our conversation and Senda will reflect that same energy back. And that's, I think, the shows you guys uh, typically like. And I think this holds true for GMing as well, right? Like there are just times where the tank is low, Right. And the tank needs to recharge. And often time is the thing that recharges the tank. Time, often distraction, doing other things or other creative endeavors or no creative endeavors. Uh, it depends on it depends on who you are. I just hit that uh, point this week where the day that I normally pick the topic turned out to be an exceedingly busy work day for me. And I was completely drained and nothing took. and it got to a point where I was like, I grabbed a topic and was like, yeah, we could do this one. Like, uh, we know enough about this topic. Yeah, we could do it. But I wasn't loving it. And uh, we were talking about it today before we jumped on the recording. We got a couple of new ones and I listened to those and I was like, no, those are great topics. Like, I really like them. I don't want to do them a disservice. I want to wait, come back and pick one and like spend a week ruminating on it so that I can come and put together a much more structured and thoughtful uh, discussion of it. I don't want to just relegate it to a couple of simple explanations or simple, you know, tips or something like the two topics in question were good enough that I was like, no, no, we could we do these well. So we should do them well, which means that at some point uh, here we are. Here so. we are, and we're going to do a chit-chat. So let's just make this clear. If this is your first time listening to the show, um, just to, to lay out a little bit of expectations, um, chit-chats are something that we do when we do run out of creative juices or when life gets in the way, parenting, children, um, life in general, stuff, mm -hmm. um, brain juice, um, get in the way of us doing what our normal format is where we do answer listener questions. So this show is going to be an exception, not the rule. Um, so if this is your very first episode, please feel free to listen, but know that this isn't our standard format. Uh, please feel free to jump to one of the episodes that is not named Chit Chat um, and you will get a sense for what our more standard um, style of episode is absolutely yeah go back one or two probably go forward one or two i don't know about going forward yet probably <laughs> i cannot see the future oh i'm sure by next week it'll be fine but my recovery uh in terms of my recovery in terms of creativity comes pretty quick like it's not usually a i don't usually suffer long-term burnout or anything i can pretty much recover the next like in within a week yeah yeah so cool 
plus I got a lot of, plus I got a lot of issues just to be clear, I have a lot of issues about um, self-worth and things I produce. Right. So it very rarely ever let myself have more than a uh, stumble before I will make myself uh, get a thing done. Right. So yeah, I sent you a TikTok about that the other day. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm fully aware. Like that's some, that's just some trauma shit that I can't, uh, I can't get rid of. So we just live, like we just live with that. And, and we just understand that uh, I couldn't take two weeks off for lack of energy without feeling like, you know, I'm a complete failure. So we just don't, we don't do that. So anyway, good part is trauma helps you, you know, you evolve skills to deal with your traumas. So yeah, my ability to recover is actually pretty quick for just that reason. Fantastic. <laughs> you guys like the feels is what you tell us. I just, I That's, give you the, I give you the there's feels. There's the feels. We just, yeah. would just hand them out. Yeah, it's fine. It's just, that's it. That's it. Anyway. Cool. You want to talk about like, you want to talk about some fun stuff? Yeah. So, well, real quick. Uh, so mm-hmm. what we're going to do for this chit chat is what we do for most chit chats um, all the time, which is that we will each talk about two topics. What is giving us life in gaming and what is giving us life outside of gaming? So mm-hmm. we'll start with gaming stuff, but this is just going to be like our lives in gaming. And Phil yep. does this magic thing where he frequently is able to take weird things that I just spew from my lips and turn them into like a tip or a lesson that other people can actually apply so you know um we'll see if that happens today (laughs) Um, and then uh and then and then we'll just chat about the random things that we are excited about um in our lives yeah cool do you want to go first or do you want me to go first um i'll go first okay so things to give me life in gaming i think the thing that's given me life in gaming right now is this site called um world anvil yeah (laughs) <laughs> so I stumbled onto this totally by accident. It wasn't even a thing that was on my radar. I was actually on YouTube watching some Ted Lasso video. And this ad came up for World Anvil. And it's designed for role players. And it's designed for world builders, writers, that kind of thing. And it's it's basically like a big website thing to help you make worlds. And I was like, huh, that seems interesting. Like, it not only seems interesting, but it's also kind of an issue that I have dealt with in other games with like a massive weird, like mismatched platform. So like for my Knights Black Agents game, like we just used Miro to make a murder board. Sure. Right. Like just, you know, literally, literally post-it notes and a couple of pictures on a big whiteboard with some lines and some groupings. And it was good, but it was like super helpful because when we were playing, we put it up on the game room that I play in has like a 40 inch TV on the wall. And so I actually dual monitor my laptops and we had it up there so people could kind of review what was going on. Nice. And, um, so anyway, I got to thinking about, I, I went and went and checked out this world, this world anvil thing. And uh, yeah, it's like this big website and you can build your like campaign worlds. And it has like all these templates, like a, a ridiculous number of templates. And it has a whole bunch of specific content for different games. Like if you're playing 5e or if you're playing Cyberpunk Red or something, and even if you're not like, 
it's still like the generic stuff is, is pretty useful. So I was like, okay, let me go check it out. So I checked it out. They had some like really good, I think they have, they're running like a 50% off coupon for the paid accounts. And I was like, I would pay this amount for a, for a year subscription. Like this is, this is a reasonable trade. I'm running four games right now. And I thought about it and I was like, you know, what's been giving me life a lot in gaming lately has been gaming with my friends. Mm-hmm. Like not gaming in the industry or anything like that. I mean, I apologize if there's stuff you want us to make that we haven't made yet. <laughs> like I apologize, but kind of getting back to my roots of what has really brought me joy in gaming is the thing that has always brought me joy in gaming, which is to game with my friends, to play games um, just for me, like not to play games, to sell them, stuff like that. So been doing a lot of that lately. Um, three personal games. And then there's Children of the Shroud, which is kind of a hybrid, right? Like Children of the Shroud is uh, somewhat commercialized. It's well, somewhat it, it commercialized. Is, it is, here's what I'd say. It's intended for an audience. I think yeah, I would say that over which, commercialized. Sure. Which I'm aware of, except that when we're playing it. Yes. It's just Chris, Bob, and Jerry at the table. Yes. And that feels like most of my other games, right? So yes. I like, like, I know that well, like when I'm doing prep work and stuff for it, I'm thinking about it as like, yes, this is going to go up and people will listen to it. But when we're actually sitting playing it, I really don't think about that. And we're just playing a game, having a good time. And like, then you guys get to hear it. But anyway, point being is I started to think about this goes back to a couple of um, episodes ago about liking things too much, right? Always feeling awkward about liking things more than other people. Yes. And, you know, there's a thing, it's happening with me at work right now as well, where I am working on a new process for our project management office and I have written an obscene amount of documentation in a short amount of time because I have been so excited to do it. And I realized I have not allowed myself to do that for my games. And I used to not do that for my games because I burned through games so quickly. But I've been on such a good clip of these like long-term games. And also, well, I, I guess I've been on such a good clip of them. I was like, you know what? Why not just let myself be excited about them? Like, why not spend a little of my recreation time just doing things like whipping up pages? Like, making some NPC pages, making some location stuff, putting it down. And then knowing like for you and I, for our game, like we play once a week, but you know, we skip weeks here and there because, you know, kiddos and things like that. And, um, and it would be nice to have banked this campaign information wiki that has like all this stuff so that when I want to recall a character, I can. But more importantly, when I say a name, like (laughs) you can just be like when we're playing, you can just pull it up and be like, oh, yeah, that person. Yeah. And add to it like you could put, you know, your own notes on top of some of these NPCs, etc. So I was like, oh, I'm like, you know what? I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And I'm just going to allow myself to build a campaign site. And you know what? I'm going to use what I call the uh, journal rule. So I don't know if this will appeal to you. I bet it will. It's interesting. I I have an idea of what my journal rule is, so I'm interested. Yeah. So when I was in high school, I had this kind of ridiculous collection of journals. 
but I wouldn't write in them. Yes. Yes. Okay. I still have some that I've never written in from high school because they were too pretty to write in. And now on, then they had like one page that I wrote in and I didn't like the way it looked. So I never wrote in them again. So, so it's just going to ruin it more. Right. So my, my hang up for journals was what if I use it for something and it doesn't last? Like what if I don't use the whole journal up? Right. Which, which mathematically is almost impossible for everything we're talking about. And what if it's not perfect? What if it's like, what if I write in it and mar it? What if I make a mistake and I cross something out in it, whatever. And at some point in the nineties, like after college, I was like, look, just write in the fucking thing. <laughs> like just write in it. It'll be fine. Nobody's going to die. You're not going to die. If it's not perfect, stop sitting on these blank journals and actually put them to some use. And even if you use them for like three sessions of a game and the game goes nowhere, like put a bookmark or something and, you know, start a fresh page. And that's the next use of this book, whatever. So I'm applying this to the idea that I was like, well, what if I build sites and a game doesn't like last? Well, fuck it. I'll build another site for the next game. Like I bought, so I, I bought a level where like, I think once you buy a paid account, you can have an unlimited number of worlds. Yeah. So I was like, fuck it. Like, doesn't matter. Can't mess I'm up. I'm just gonna, yeah, I'm, like, I'm just gonna whip this up. And if the game takes off, fantastic. I have this lovely site. And if the game goes nowhere, shit, can that site and make another one for the next game? Because my gaming of lately, the last two years has been some pretty stable long-term shit. Really and because has. of it, it's generating a lot of fucking campaign information that would be yeah. really nice for me and for the players to have managed in a wiki. So yeah. I did it. I haven't dabbled in it too much. I was like, I'm not going to retrofit Ox into this because Ox is like in its like last campaign arc. Yeah. Seems like a lot of work. Our game, Long Live the Queen. Yep. It, is, we're nowhere near an end. There's no real end there for the game. There isn't really an end. This is just going to go on until we get bored with it. Yeah. And then in which case, we'll very much want everything in there because if we switch yeah. to another game and come back to it at some point, it'll be super good if we have like a whole wiki that has, yeah. you know, Or all if we've of this been stuff. playing it for five years and then we decide we want it to come to some kind of end, yes. how are you going to wrap up all the loose ends if we haven't been tracking them? Correct. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'm doing this. So I got it. Like I said, I'm setting it up for Long Live the Queen. And then I'm about to do my session zero for my Cyberpunk Red game. So I was like, okay, this is like the perfect time. I will launch the site when there is literally no information. Yes. And, and invite the players in. build everything. Yeah, yeah. Let the players help build stuff into it and all that stuff. So that's giving me life. I'm, I'm allowing myself to enjoy campaign building and stuff like that and stop being such a fucking minimalist because you know like who knows if it's going to last and like you know why invest heavily into something if it's not going to last like life I, I don't want to live like that I want to like I want to just enjoy stuff in the moment I enjoy it. and if it lasts it lasts and not everything is meant to last when it comes to games and stuff like that like it's okay for games to end um, not every campaign has to be a 30-year endeavor. Not every campaign has to be four sessions. They just are what they are. So that's yeah, uh, that's really me. Cool. I'm uh, I'm just giving in to the world anvil. Um, I, so I, I mean, as check it out your if you're player, interested. 
for for one of those games, I am excited to also engage with it when you're at a point that you're ready to share it with me. But yeah, I, um, I can probably share the initial one with you because like I can share the initial landing page because I don't have hardly anything set up for our game. Um, yeah. Some of it is like there's because it is a web based wiki. There is some web-based stuff, including CSS and things like that. And I have a feeling you will look at like the template and be like, I don't love the, like, I don't love exactly how this looks. And then we'll want to go in um, and I will help, you know, I will show you the way where to put stuff. But I think you could go in and um, touch up our CSS or possibly because I think I have a high enough account, um, create a CSS that I could just, just apply. Just create a template that you could just apply from to everything. Yeah. Oof, that sounds like fun. <sighs> yeah, nerd. Look, let's go web nerd. <laughs> go little web nerd. <laughs> anyway, okay, that's me. That's what's giving me life in gaming. What's giving you life in gaming? I, I, I have to just say one thing because we talked a bunch about journals mm-hmm. as you were describing that. So before I jump into my actual thing. Yeah, absolutely. I have to say... Because it's funny that you and I had the same experience. And I think a lot of people have the same experience with blank journals because they're just so nice. And you're like, but when I write in it, I'm going to ruin it. And here's what I learned. And the reason that I now have one, two, three, four, five completed journals with another one in, in, in process from the last approximately five-ish years, probably like finished cover to cover, right? Um, was journaling games. Because journaling games give you a purpose to engage with the journal. And then once you have engaged with it, it's already all wonky anyways. So you might as well write in it, right? And then you don't feel, the more I do it, the less I feel obliged to make every page perfect. Like my first couple of years of journals, my to-do lists that I was building for my work days are like laid out graphically designed everything right and now sometimes they're like that and sometimes they're like three lines at the top and then I forgot to look at it for the rest of the day and the next day I come back to it I'm like oh that page is mostly blank oh well (laughs) like just move on it's fine (laughs) (laughs) like but anyway I guess the thing that I was trying to say from it is hey journaling games solo journaling games are actually really fantastic for writing skills and getting you over the fear of a blank page (laughs) They're actually great for that. Anyway, uh, cool. Moving right along from there, because the the thing is about my life in gaming that I was actually going to say is we are at the very beginning still of a new arc in Long Live the Queen, and it's one Mm -hmm. that I'm really excited to do. And there's a lot of time pressure involved in it. So we didn't end up getting to play last week because um, I had family in town and I went to the opera and all of this stuff, but like we didn't end up getting to play. But the last session that we played before then was like the quick planning session because it was like quick, like the pressure is on. Um, An operative has disappeared, go in, find out what happened to them, get them out of you can kind of thing, like act quickly. Um, So like we're picking up with um usually i do a bunch of planning with my team before we go into a situation there's not that much planning i have some really basic stuff we're like getting there as fast as we can and then we're gonna figure it all out on the fly um and it's gonna be interesting (laughs) oh yeah so i've been like feeling this time pressure thing from that game even though obviously the game doesn't progress without me but i'm like feeling the urgency to play again right in a 
but what happens next kind of way for two weeks now. And we're hopefully playing tonight. So that's what's mm-hmm. giving me life in gaming right now is um, you've got me engaged. I took the hook and I want more. Oh, yeah. I mean, the nice part here is that we um, we just play this game in chunks. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, sometimes we have to kind of schedule around stuff. Um, in this case, I think like last week, was it the opera? No, was it? I can't remember if it was yeah, my, kids' my opera. My dad was in town. We oh, all went dad, to the right. opera. My aunt was in town. Like it was yeah. a whole big family thing. I ended up being at dinner with like, a, you know, yeah, it was a whole, yeah, it was a, no, it was a which, whole big, you know, it was a whole look, big family thing. Perfectly yeah. makes sense, right? Yeah. Like, not a big deal. And, um, the nice part about playing weekly and the nice part about it being just you and I is that we can be flexible like that. Yeah. We can just be like, oh, this thing just came up. Like we can't play tonight. Yeah. Or, hey, you know, we've got other things to do. We'll just, we can play for like 40 minutes. Right. Still good. And it's fine. Like, right. Like we can just slot it in. We can adjust our session length really um, easily and all of that kind of stuff. It's nice. I mean, back to journaling in relation to being excited about a game that you're playing and in particular, a single player game that you're playing, because, of course, the only PC in this game is is me. Is you. Is me. It's just this game is all about me. Um is that uh, it is it has become a game that because there's not a lot of there's not a lot of other people that I can't control their actions or anything right like or that that are actually like PCs that feel to me like they should have all their own agency and all that kind of stuff. So the other thing that's interesting about this game and in conjunction with journaling is um, for some reason specifically because this is a single player game, I think it's working better for me, although I know that's not like a thing that has to be true for many people in the world. Um, this is a game that in my head is producing a lot of fan fiction. I have been writing a lot of random um, stuff about uh, Aveline, who is my, my, my character, my super spy um, in this setting and just sort of constantly engaging that content because life does come up and we don't play for super long bits of time at a time, partially because like for both of us, it is, a lot more mental load, I think, to keep it going one-on-one, which is an interesting thing that I I think we don't necessarily talk about with one-on-one games, especially in a campaign format. Like, the amount of content I think that you produce for a week of this game is probably like what you would produce for a week of any of your other games, but with just you and me, it plays out in like an hour to an hour and a half. And if you were playing at a table with four people, it would probably be a more standard length of session. Like, oh, yeah. We, I mean, we've talked about this before. Yeah. We go through, um, we can go through material pretty fast. Very quickly. There's yeah. only one person making decisions. It's me, right? Yes. There's no debate at the table. There's no extended planning sessions. There's no, like, all of the things that sometimes make a table run more slowly or even the collaboration and conversation that make a table of more people run more slowly. It's not there in this game because it's just me and the GM. So we move pretty quickly. So sometimes playing the game is like journaling my way through a game that still tells me what's happening. So it's really easy to write fan fiction for. Anyway, I'm really excited to start this new arc. There's a lot of urgency and time pressure behind it. And I got to go in and figure out what the hell is happening. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. No, sounds. it's good. It's really good. Um, I, I'm actually, I, I mean, I enjoy this game a lot for just this reason, right? It, it's, uh, it's easy to run. It 
it, it withstands. It's funny because it is very susceptible to scheduling problems because yes. if either one of us has a thing, it's, the game's off. It's out. Yeah, there's no but, there's no continuing because the quorum is both of us. Right. But at the same time, um, I never have to worry about like we're just both into it and it's getting played and it's I love the I love the world for it. Um, in fact, I'm actually looking forward to actually filling out a lot of this. Um, like they have all these article types that you yeah. can put in. And I'm like, oh, I, I just want to write like, oh, I'm going to write like a ton of this stuff down. <laughs> um, Because I think it'll be fun to do and, you know, be able to add some detail and stuff like that. You know, there's also another campaign that we have that we play when I come over in person. That's our um, Solar Rangers. Yeah, yeah. Solar Legacy is actually Solar the name Legacy, of the campaign. Yeah. 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 So we'll uh, play that again soon. Yeah, I don't know. We should talk about that because that's not a thing I'm coming out to see you. We should talk about if I should put together an adventure for that. Yeah. Um, but I like it is the kind of thing that you, Andy, your son and I, like we all play together. But it also probably would benefit from having like a world page because that's a game we don't play a lot. Yeah. I mean, it gets played... Once every X number of months, right? Three yeah. to six months, generally. The other thing that this thing lets me do, which um, is also appealing to me right now, is I can create a world for a game that we're not playing. Yeah. Like, I can just go in you and start. Just, I have a world that we I don't have a say, game for. I was going to say, there's a world that's been in process for a while. It rattles around the back of my head. It would It would be nice to actually put it down on some uh like down somewhere so anyway anywho um yeah so i guess the thing from this is i guess the thing from this is i'm gonna pull out from your topic and mine sure there's a there's a top there's a thing about metagaming and i'm not talking about metagaming where you use like meta knowledge to make a decision right like oh phil always puts the you know Phil always puts the monster on the left, you know, in the left hallway, let's go on the right hallway, right? Like not yeah. that definition of metagaming, but the idea of interacting with the game outside of the game. Yes. Yeah. So I have for many, many years, if you go back and dig through my Gnome Store articles, many, many years ago in the early 2000s, I had spent a lot of time with this idea of you can increase player engagement, you can increase your own game master engagement by doing some sort of meta activity. Now, prep is a meta activity, so I don't always need another thing, right? Because I'm engaging in the game outside of the game. Yes. And this idea, I don't want this to sound like an original idea at all, not in the least. I had read a long time ago an essay by um, the creator of Magic, who was like, yeah, the card game is interesting, but this game would be way more popular if there was stuff you could do outside of the game by yourself with the cards, right? Yeah. So that's when they started to do like rarities and the idea of deck builds. Like that's how those that's how those things got designed into Magic, because the idea was and the and the inspiration for it was, uh, when this and I. God, I'm blanking on the person's name. Um, Garfield, Richard Garfield. When Richard Garfield was in college, his dorm, like they were playing, I think, like um, bridge or something in his dorm. I forget if it was bridge or whatever. And like, it was fine. People were just playing games of bridge and it was mildly interesting. Then they started a league 
Mm-hmm. And, then and like was like- keeping points and like who was in the lead and, you know, throughout the whole dorm. And he was like, all of a sudden this game that was like, you know, pretty okay, got way more interesting when people were interested in standings and points and stuff like that. And so that all fed into this idea for what if there was a meta aspect to this card game I'm making magic. And as you know, and you know, because next door to you, you have a magic player and that guy does not need to be playing somebody to be engrossed in the game. Yeah. It's the thing I most frequently have to ask him to clean up off of his floor. Yes, It's like just piles of magic cards. And then there's the like, will it all fit on the shelf anymore? I don't even know. Right. And there's, but like for him, there's like, you know, I'm going to make this kind of deck. I'm going to try this kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. There's all this like theoretical work that goes into it. And so going back to the idea from journaling and this idea of, of documenting the world build and all of that stuff, these are meta activities. They're not activities that are directly related to the game. They're not activities that are occurring directly in the game, but they are activities that we are participating in that is increasing our investment and enjoyment of the game by doing them outside of the game. Mm -hmm. Now they do require additional time, but when you're excited about a thing, you find time for these things. Yeah. And, and it's, and it becomes stuff that feeds you, right? We're not recommending that you do it if it's a chore. No. Right. And this is the thing. It becomes this like self-fulfilling loop, right? Because once you kind of, once you give yourself the space to do it and then you're like, wow, that was fun. It one, the activity itself intrinsically becomes fun. Two, it heightens your awareness, understanding, commitment and everything to the game. So now you play the game, you're actually playing a little harder, more in depth. And that's just going to spur ideas for additional meta activities. And that loop, um, that loop starts to feed back on itself and you get a lot for that. Yeah. 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 So there, there's our takeaway. Our takeaway from the role-playing side is that meta activities are really interesting. If you have never heard me talk about meta game activities and you're like, shit, Phil, this sounds interesting. Can we ask, can we ask you some questions or can you expand on it? Drop us a line. We'll tell you how to do it at the end of the show. I am happy to dive back into this topic. It is a thing that for many, many years I was passionate about and Many, many years later, I may have some expanded thoughts on it that I have not really sat down and and thought about. Yeah, I think we've talked about it before, but I think it's also been like a while. Yeah. Like a while. And it's post-pandemic. At this point, I'm fair to say that anything I talked about before pandemic (laughs) or during pandemic. It's different now. I I may have different views on post-pandemic. And I say post, but please don't jump all over me. You know, you know what I mean? Like it's the part where we're acting like... Yes, it's it's not over. We're just pretending like it's over. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, so tell me quickly, because we actually had a really good chat about that. Um, What's a thing that is giving you life not in gaming? Sure. I finished uh, binging the television series Fringe. Mm -hmm. And I forgot how amazing that TV show is. I think it's, I think it is not given the love that um, I think when people think about shows like that, they think X-Files. Yep. And they don't think it gets 
the love it deserves. I will say, and I will be highly controversial at this. You can yell at me on Twitter if you want. Uh, I like, I liked Fringe better than X-Files. And I loved X-Files. Don't get me wrong. I'm no hater on X-Files in the least. But Fringe is a better written show. I think the characters are way more interesting and have way more depth than um, than the characters on X-Files. The conspiracies are wild. Like the stuff that they came up with is wild. And uh, I think execution wise, like it, it had it had four full seasons and I never made it to the fifth season until this watching. And while the fifth season is a bit different than the other four, it is solid. I know Schmidt had some concerns, but I powered through and boy, I teared up at the ending. Like there is a moment at the ending where I was like, nope, you fuckers, you got me. Like hit me right in the fucking feels. Um, so I, I can't say it enough. I watched it on Freevee, which is the like it's an Amazon subsidiary and it's a free streaming platform. You just got to put up with some commercials and um it was great. I loved it. Like I'm so happy of, of, of the many shows I've gone back in the last couple of years since I moved on, out on my own and have gone back and watched. I'm so, I'm so thrilled that I watched all the way through on fringe. Like I, I is so good. So that is giving me life. I would love to make a campaign around it. Like it's pretty specific character wise. I don't think you can mess around. Like, I don't think you can exactly make it. Uh, but it was really good. Like I just well executed show. I'm sure we got some other fringe lovers out there. So shout them out for, shout them out for us. Cool. What Um, about you? Well, I just picked up my new glasses this morning. They're on my face. Um, and I had a very strong TikTok made me buy it moment with these. Um, their advertising worked extremely well. I finally caved. Um, and I got a pair of pear eyewear glasses. So if you have run across them before on TikTok or somewhere else, because they're like everywhere right now, um, the idea is that they have like, I don't know, five basic frame shapes that come in like three very basic colors each. So like mine are kind of a square cat eye with brown tortoise shell. Um, and then they have magnets in the front and you can buy these little frame toppers that just poop, they stick on top. They just stick on top. So like my, yes, my frames are brown tortoise shell, but today I am wearing um, a topper now that I picked them up because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm picking up my glasses. And then I was like, ooh, this one matches my outfit today, right? But like today I'm wearing a topper that's from their Frida collection, which is a bunch of toppers inspired by her paintings. Um, and this one is like green with yellow flowers and stuff. And it's very cool. Um, I like it. And so A, I'm obsessed with these glasses and the fact that I can just put different toppers on them. That's freaking wild. Um, B, I'm excited because my prescription didn't change, so I can still wear my old glasses, so I can actually switch back and forth. And the thing that I discovered this morning, because I've had, I've had times when that's been true before, when my gla- my prescription didn't change and I could get new glasses, so I just had two pairs. And I usually went for something drastically different from my current pair, so I had like a small pair of ovals and like a big pair of rectangles. And I had trouble switching between them because my prescription is strong enough that the shape of the lens 
and how my eye then interprets the peripheral vision would like mess me up if I switched back and forth between them, even like every other day, right? Like it was not my fave. So I, I would end up wearing each of them for long periods of time, which destroyed my dream of like being able to wear glasses that matched my outfit. Well, here comes pear. What can I say? Damn you, TikTok. You made me buy it. Anyway, but it gets better. <laughs> yeah. It gets better. So I have a bunch of the um, pair eyewear toppers that I bought with these glasses, including a pair of sunglasses toppers, which is going to be epic because let's be real. I don't have prescription sunglasses. So when was the last time that I actually had sunglasses to wear on my face regularly? Uh it's been a while. <laughs> College, maybe? Um, and I'm that person who, like, I don't like... There have been times in my life when I've been had to wear sunglasses for, like, cross-country skiing through snow fields in blinding sun, like that kind of situation. And I've always been the girl who's, like, you know, shoving another pair of glasses on over my glasses because they're like, you have to wear sunglasses. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, so... I'm really excited about that. So I have a pair of sunglasses now too. But even better, you can actually go on Etsy and people make pair eyewear toppers on Etsy. And they, they not only make some really amazing looking ones, they also make some based on your frame shape that actually change the front frame shape a little bit. So like I can get some that have like bigger cat eye or like a double cat eye, like all sorts of really cool like shape stuff, which is awesome. But you can also buy blanks. So like you can get someone else 3D printed this topper blank for you and put the magnets in and now all you have to do is make it look however you want it to look and then you can put it on your face <laughs> I am so excited and I bought five blanks for like I don't know twelve dollars it it was under 20 sure. certainly and I so I have five blanks that I've been waiting to design until I got these glasses back with the lenses in them because um I am very hard of seeing and um, I, because of the required specificity in my lenses about what part of them exactly I look through and how much that matters to me actually being functional in my glasses. I, I had a pair of Warby Parkers for probably about a year and a half that I actually struggled with a lot. Um, because I've had bad experiences with some of the less expensive lens companies making me lenses. Um, I took, I literally bought a pair of pair eyeglasses, which if you don't have that problem and many people in the world don't, right? Like, and I'm not saying anything about that. Please feel free to just do this. They're 60 bucks and they come with the lenses, right? Like, but I require a bunch of very special things to make my lenses functional. So I was just like, you know, I'm not going to do it this way. And I got mine with blanks. And then I took them to my optometrist and said, here are the frames. Will you pretty please put in the very nice lenses that I know work for me all the time? This is an assistive device in my life that is non-optional and it has to be very functional and not bother me and work every single day. So I went and spent way more money on lenses than I did on the frames, <laughs> basically. Um, uh, am I correct that one of your 
frames as a Captain Marvel frame? Is I did a- not buy the Captain Marvel frame topper, I'm, actually. I'm shocked. I know. There are two different ones. And the only reason that I didn't is because I wasn't... N- I'm in love with the idea of having Captain Marvel glasses. I was not in love with the designs of the actual glasses themselves. Mm, And I was trying to be good about not just buying things that I wouldn't wear. Also fair. Because I was like, oh. That's respectable. But it's okay because I have five blanks. (laughs) Time to make some, I only know what I'm doing with two of them. So the next one might be Captain Marvel, and that's that's totally fine. Nice. And Andy has a cricket. So if I just find pretty pattern paper, I can go on Etsy. You can also find the cricket cut files for your specific glasses shape. Yeah. Um, and then you can have the cricket cut any any craft paper you want to your specific shape. And then you can, you know, if you're fancy, you can resin it on there. Um I don't have any resin stuff and I don't know if I'm going to be messing with it. So mine probably not resin, but like clear nail polish, thumbs up. Here we go. Bring it on. Let's do it. I'm so excited for this. y'all. <laughs> I mean, look, this suits you, right? It, it, it takes the thing that you need, which are your glasses I that you're pretty wear. specific about. Yeah, I must and wear pairs glasses. It, it pairs it with the, um, with the other part of you, which is you have a uh, pretty unlike me, where once I pick a pair of frames that matches whatever I'm wearing, there is like a 90% chance it will match everything else I'm wearing (laughs) ever in my life because my wardrobe has like four colors in it. I know you're wearing red today. It's shocking. I know. (laughs) I know. It's the only red shirt I own. I know. (laughs) So, yes, I am wearing, I'm wearing the red shirt today. The one red shirt. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and it is really so, funny. So this the the pair the pair glasses thing solves my desire to specifically cultivate my my appearance on a daily basis. Well, also like like you said, your lenses are not cheap. Your lenses no. much like my lenses. Like both <laughs> of us would have like basically Coke bottles. Yes. Um if it wasn't for, you know, polycarbon, you know, right. lenses that super schmancy. Let, let me and, just tell you. And even then, my polycarbons yeah, aren't still sticks out. Yeah. Like they aren't that thin. They're not that thin. They're just, you know, half the size they would be if they They're, weren't. Yeah, so you can't really afford to just be, you know, popping out lenses left and right. Uh So this is like a really cool compromise of being like, well, this is the outfit I'm wearing, clack, and now I have matching glasses. Yeah. See, I put on the green ones today because my shirt is green. It has not not (laughs) gone unnoticed as I'm sitting here, right? Like I'm looking at you and I'm like, your glasses match your um, shirt. I will also say this. I have sometimes been picky about your glasses. Not so much like the ones that you've always gotten. I've been happy with. Um, There was once when you sent me pictures of the store and I was like, no. Like, it's because I picked up a pair of the giant circular, like, sure. if, if an anime girl in like anime glasses, but in real life, the kind that like cover half of your face and are giant circles. I have never I had they were a cute. more visceral reaction to something <laughs> I did not like. 
I have known you with long <laughs> hair, with short hair. I have known you with several different pairs of glasses. I have watched you go from a like person. mall clothing <laughs> to like retro clothing. And all along the way, I've been like, yeah, no, that's cool. It's cool. You look really good. And then this one day you sent me these pictures of the glasses store and you're like, what about these? And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> like I cannot ex- like not anything not these. <laughs> but anyway, my point is you have these on today and I didn't even, they weren't even jarring to me like that, like unlike your style. Like I just looked at them and I was like, no, nah, it looks pretty much like you. Yeah. And then just the cool part I noted was like, oh, they've got cool patterns. The on color. Them. Yeah. The color is going really well with the rest of your outfit. Yeah. I mean, they are reasonably similar in shape to my last glasses, honestly, which yeah, is. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Which is part of part of actually what works out that I literally can switch between them. I switched between them midday and it didn't bother me. Like the lenses are the same enough and the size and shape is the same enough. So I'm not having the issue that I had when I had small round ones and big Mm -hmm. rectangles. So they are pretty similar. um, And I am super good with that. Anyway, I'm very excited about the pair of glasses and I'm very excited about the blanks. Um, there's no way that this is going to be my only set of blanks. My plan is to get like a oh, magnet no. board hanging in my room so I can just boop, 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 boop with all my brooches and all my bracelets and all my like collection of vintage jewelry that is now just turning into like, you know, stuff hanging on my wall. Basically, one of the things that's going to be added is like, and here are my glasses toppers. <laughs> so by the by the way, my friends, uh, for our listeners, if uh, you do not have ADHD, this is what hyperfocus sounds like. <laughs> just, just so that you know, this is exactly what hyperfocus sounds like. Just play back that like last thirty seconds of Senda. I'm telling you right now, this is Senda's hyperfocus. This will be going on for a few weeks to months coming up. Be prepared. It's already been sort of making appearances here and there, but I managed to hold it off until I got the actual glasses back and on my face. Also, let me be a hundred percent clear. Yes. For my ADHD friends and non-ADHD friends, I'm teasing her about this hyper-focus thing, but it's perfectly <laughs> fine, right? It, it is a it is a natural part of of having ADHD, and it is a thing. And it's just in knowing Senda all these years, uh, how did we not know? <laughs> and understanding her diagnosis, like I know when a hyper-focus how? is coming on. How did and, we not? How did we not see this, this coming? It, right? This it's coming on right now. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. We have uh, we have filled up a show. Yeah. So um, again, if you find that meta game discussion interesting, uh, hit us up. Let us know. We'll be happy to tell you uh, more about it in a future episode. Uh, if you're interested in World Anvil, go check it out. There's always a coupon floating around. Like. I got like, I thought the the price might be high for you. I was pretty okay with it. And at 50% off, I was really okay with it. Uh, but they do have a free account if you want to just like dabble. Like you want to just dip your toes in, you can just get a freebie account. The kind of thing. Anyway, okay, good. Done with all that. Senda, how do people find us on the internet? What about another no, show? No, we got to do a blurb. We got to do another show. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it, I screwed I, up the it's show. okay. I was about to say, I wish I had like a pair eyewear, like promotion code or something. But, you know, pair, pair eyewear, if you're listening to this, <laughs> call me. <laughs> Secret, they're not. <laughs> they could be. <laughs> All right, tell me about another show on the Mistractive Mark Network. Yeah, 
yeah, um, hey, if you like this show, you could also be listening to Thacko with Advantage, where Ange and Jared love talking about RPGs and specifically D&D. Uh, together, they share insights into the games they're running in the campaign journal and then tack a variety of topics. What did I say? And then they tackle a variety of topics that affect the game in the DM's workshop. They're going to talk anyway, so they might as well record it. Maybe you'll even pick up an ancient D&D factoid about a previous edition of the game that you may never use, or you might. Who knows? Yes. Very good. Thank you very much. And back to my original question, how do people yes. find us on the internet? <laughs> well, you can still find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games, um, if you are still there. Um, you can find us on Mastodon on Dice.Camp, and it's at Idella Mithland and at DNA Phil. You can find us on TikTok with those same usernames. Um, you can find someone else's pair discount um, on TikTok like I did, and then your glasses will be cheaper. So you should probably do that. Um, <laughs> where was I? You can find us in the Misdirected Mark forums, which is forums.misdirectedmark.com. Or you can drop us an email if you prefer panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they find us in one of those places, what can they do with that information? Exactly. Send us uh, a question, a topic, something you want to know more about, something you just want our insight, our experience, our knowledge um, about whatever that is, preferably send us something that is something either you would like to get better at in gaming, something that is challenging you in gaming, or something that just like, meh, I don't actually enjoy this. Is there a better way to do it? We'll figure it out for you. We'll share our insight. We'll share the many, many decades of gaming knowledge that we have and many, many years of producing gaming advice content like that should not go unnoticed as well like we have many many years of producing this kind of stuff we think about things a certain way and we are happy to take all of that knowledge and um and skill and apply it to solving problems for you like literally that's what we're doing here uh, and we want to do that because we want you to have more fun when you game right we want you to have a good time when you're playing games and we want your games to be easy and enjoyable because, and you know this formula, if you're enjoying it, you're just going to play more games. And when you play more games, you're going to play uh, more games, different types of games with people. And you're going to stay in this hobby longer and you're going to get the benefits of being in this hobby. The enjoyment, relaxation, creativity, all of those things will stay with you for many, many years because you're having a good time. We want you to have that good time. That's what we're here for. If you like what we do here on the Mr. Mark Network, or uh, on some of our other shows, consider uh, supporting our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. You're going to get access to our Slack Room for Life. You're going to get access to the bonus content, the Bamboo Lounge, and the after show from Mr. Arctic Mark. You're going to, depending on your level, you're going to get access to our Children of the Shroud material. That's the uh, game that I am running in MM Plays, uh, which is a Cortex Prime uh, urban Modern fantasy. It's not really urban. It's like suburban fantasy. Like <laughs> it modern, is suburban fantasy. Modern, modern magic. Modern magic, yeah. suburban fantasy, high school swashbuckling. Exactly. There we go. And uh, at higher levels, you can get access to some of our design work, uh, of which uh, Chris is messing around with some stuff. I'm actually going to start messing around with a uh, adventure design in the next week or two couple weeks so i'm gonna start messing around a little with that and probably post some stuff up into the patreon at some point when i like it a bit more and uh yeah uh all for all of those good things 
also uh, supporting our Patreon campaign helps us keep the lights on gear, hosting, hosts, cables. You'd be surprised. We have some expenses, not a ton, but we have them. So your patronage is what keeps that uh, also possible. So thank you very much. Uh, if you are a patron of the show, again, thank you very much. If you're not, we understand, but there is a thing you can do. Several of you have benefited directly from it. So please pay it forward. It involves just a little bit of your time. Send up. Yeah. What is that? You, tell a friend. Just tell a friend on whatever social media you're on these days when somebody says, I'm looking for a system agnostic podcast to listen to about gaming. Um, you know, if you're feeling it, put our name in the ring. We really appreciate that. Um, and we know that it helps people find us who really are looking for specifically this kind of content that we're making. And if you don't have anyone just asking randomly or any friends that you haven't already, you know, waxed poetic about how much they should be listening, um, you can always leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast catcher of your choice because every new review you leave there is kind of like telling a stranger that they should listen to us yeah and thank you to everybody who has already left a review or just dropped a recommendation somewhere mm -hmm. absolutely thank you thank you thank you Alrighty, uh say senda um oh we are playing tonight say senda do yeah. you know yeah how you're going to infiltrate this uh this group of uh individuals I mean, not quite This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Yeah. Yay, Yay! I have waveforms. I clicked. I clicked, and there's waveforms. Yay! Bloop! Mm. Hooray! Uh, <sighs> huzzah! <sighs> you must make leather mugs for the Renaissance Festival. Huzzah! Bloop! I think this one's pretty much. That was pretty much one just for Ryan. Like I don't think. <laughs> you don't know. It'll end up in the bonus outtakes. Yes. Goodness. Bloop! Okay, I. I started doing a little silence dance to like count how many times I had done the movements as a count. But I feel like one of those sunflowers that you turn on the music and it like <laughs> wiggles. <laughs> it feels like that. Rose dance. <laughs> These are my leaves. <laughs> okay. That was anyway. the silence dance. <laughs> Apparently. Bloop. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Bloop. Show me what you got. Show me what you got. Show me Don't what you got. Exactly Show me what you got. Uh, uh, I might pull Alina Gilo. Black Widow, that thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get captured on purpose.